Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS. 1220 and 98.1. All right. Every week, and this is another week. Oh, boy, these weeks go by fast. <laughs> they do. You realize that we've been on the air since January of 2017. That means six years we've been on the show each week teaching people something about business. We may have a CEO of a new company, a new concept that nobody ever heard of. We had the founder of Oatly Milk was one of our one of our original guests. Okay, we've had many many different people, and today we're going to discuss what we've learned ourselves, and that's going to be coming up soon. But before we get there, everybody that has never been on the show or never listened to the show, and you know, I guess I guess there are new people every day that learn things, but they don't know why Asprian A S K B R I E N is spelled with an E. Because most people, when they have a friend named Brian, it's B-R-I-A-N or B-R-Y-A-N. But very few people have somebody named B-R-I-E-N, unless they're Irish and their name is O'Brien. Like, you know O'Brien's pub down the street. Let's go for a pub and a drink. All right. <laughs> Something antagonistic there, I hope. Anyway, Tracy, can you explain to people why Brian is spelled with me? Actually, not explain why. But for some of the reasons why there is an E in Brian. I can do that. And one of it is because the hosts are exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, even though we are Andrew, is, Andrew can't stop laughing, but okay. Yeah, I, I, can't. Know, I can, <laughs> you guys I can are. literally feel the eye roll from here. <laughs> um, oh, no, no, no. It's not from Andrew. It's from Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the main reasons that, and there's so many good ones, but that the E represents education because, and it's, this is kind of like an E squared because we are educating entrepreneurs and that is incredibly important because sometimes being an entrepreneur is really just not an easy path, which we're going to talk about today, which I'm excited about. That's one and one plus one, two, that's actually three. But you've got some E's there, and I'm, I'm really confused myself. You talk about E's being exceptional, and then E's what? For education, and then you talk about an E for entrepreneur. So it's like, how many, you already got three E's down, is that it? Right. No, there's more. And I also said entrepreneurship wasn't easy, so technically that was a bonus for. And then a lot of our guests are experts in their fields, and we know that to be an expert, you have to, according to... They say, who I'm not really sure who they is, but they say, I guess it's Trace they say, that um, it has to be 10,000 hours, which is approximately five years worth of working 40 hours a week. But we know most entrepreneurs work more than 40 hours a week. And if you've been doing the show for six years, that means you are not only just an expert entrepreneur, but an expert radio host, too. <laughs> How about that? Well, I didn't even think about it that way, but reality-wise, most entrepreneurs are going to be an expert because 
when you figure it out, nobody's working 40 hours, as you say, probably working 80 hours, right? And 80 hours is two and a half years, and you're working weekends, too. That's the other thing people don't realize. It's not just the 80 hours. It's they're working Saturday, Sunday uh, at the ball game. You know, uh, they're at the movies, and they're thinking about some new idea for their business. I mean, it's a constant thing. That's what we're going to talk about later on in our show, how much time and effort you have to put in. And by well, the way, that's a good one. Energy. Why don't we use and E for energy. effort? Effort? E for effort? effort? E for energy. We have E for effort is an Ask Brian concept, right? E for effort. I mean, if you don't have the effort, you're not going to make it. It doesn't matter. You can have the greatest idea in the world, but you've got to have the effort and the tenacity to make it into something. So effort should be a new new E. We're just adding a new E today. E for we effort. Did. I love that. And E for energy, because like you were saying, if you're going to put that many hours in, you better actually like what you're doing, maybe even more like love what you're doing, and you better be able to sustain some high energy. So there's that. And enthusiasm, because you've got to stay positive if you're an entrepreneur. You've got to stay positive, and you've got to be enthusiastic. And excited. (laughs) And excited. <laughs> if you're not excited, you better get excited. Yeah, so we've got excitement. We've got enthusiasm. We've got exceptional, lots of effort, lots of energy, lots of education, lots of experts. What are we missing? Experience. Because oh, if you've done well, it 10,000 times, <laughs> even though some of these overlap, if you've done it 10,000 times, you probably can do it easier than somebody that's doing it for the first time. So you can be an expert. Some people can be an expert. You know, they're, they're just born naturals, right? But if you've done things a lot and you've experienced a lot, you can probably know whether or not it's going to work. Plus, we always know that this show is produced by an engineer. Da, 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 drum roll, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Andrew. Yeah, Want to say a absolutely. few words, Mr. Andrew? Oh, thank you, yes, engineer. But the exciting host, the quality of hosting is fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. And eventually you're going to find a drum roll when you're eating a little thing. We can do a drum roll sometime. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Andrew, you can just add that to our bill, so we'll be sure to take care of you later. (laughs) Oh, you got it. Oh, it's added. (laughs) And we'll just put it on a credit for the next 25 years. At some point, I'll I'll take care of that bill. Okay, so I'm pretty excited to get to what my favorite is, but I'm just not sure if we're there yet because I'm kind of like I'm always really excited to be able to say what my favorite is. But the way I do it is different than you. I always say, Grease Lightning is... We are electrifying! <laughs> Woohoo! There's That's been a right. lot of press about Olivia Newton-John in the press lately, so I think it's always okay to give Olivia Newton-John a shout-out because electrifying is what we are. Absolutely. So this week we decided to have our guest is ourselves. We decided I ourselves to be our guest. <laughs> very, very great for the team. So, Yay! And it's also a good way to introduce to our audience who we are. Yes, they don't know absolutely. who we are. So I'm going to try not to go too far back. You know, obviously, I had all those odd jobs growing up. I sold candy out of a, out of a garage when I was 14 or 12, I should say. Ran the newspaper routes, did all that stuff. I'm not going to talk about any of those things. I'm not going to talk about the fact that I've been a practicing lawyer 32 years. That's what I do for a living, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. I'm talking about actual entrepreneur stuff and entrepreneur lessons that I learned. And again, Andrew doesn't have that drum roll, but eventually we'll get it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the drum roll, Andrew. 
And by the way, levity should be one of our, even though it starts, doesn't start with an E, levity should be part of our concept. Because you got to have fun, too. Now, oh, yeah. my first major business, I would say, after being a lawyer, or after I'd been practicing law for three years, I would say was my business in 1995, 96, I started a business called incorporationsetc.com. This was like Yahoo had just come out a year or two earlier. AOL was the number one online service. Google was seven years in the making, as Google didn't come around until 2003 as a browser. Bing wasn't around. Uh, companies like LegalZoom that people go to incorporations for now, they didn't even exist. This was at least seven years prior to that date. And I had come up with the concept, incorporations, et cetera, where we would offer online incorporating and online trademark registration, plus additional services that would work around those areas. At that wow. time, yeah, at that time, there really was, and there was WordPress, which is a very, very good program nowadays. I don't know if people understand what WordPress is, but many, many current Internet sites are based on a, on a program called WordPress, which makes it easy to create a website. But back in this day, back in this day, in the 90s, we had to have HTML, okay, language, which was basically programmers had to write this. So it wasn't so simple to write the Internet. It took a while before they had these easy access. They didn't have Wix or any of concepts like that where you could get an easy website back then. You actually had to hire a programmer. So I actually hired a programmer to make the site. That was a little bit more complicated than it is today. That's a lesson that people don't have to go through nowadays, but back in the day you did. Today you could go to Wix, W-I-X. You could go to – there's a whole bunch of – WordPress is probably the largest system out there whereby if you – you can actually create a website pretty quickly. They have plugins that means add-ons to add everything from event calendars to almost anything you think of is all listed in there. So that's a big, big, big difference and a big, big hurdle. The other big, big hurdle was back in the day, there really wasn't the same marketing concept. Back in 95, when I was starting this, I think Amazon had been created, but the only thing Amazon was selling was books. That was the right. entire thing. That's right. Amazon yep. was books. We're going to sell every single book. And people laughed and said, okay, nothing like it is today. Now it's like probably the number one marketplace and almost everybody in America and worldwide is using Amazon. But back in the day, they had nothing but books. The major, major online service at the time was AOL, okay, America Online. They had been a merger of a couple of different companies, CompuServe, Prodigy, and I may be dating myself here, but that was the kind of <laughs> <laughs> stuff we had, right? And right. this was not in a day now where, okay, yeah, I'm going to use my Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, people would look at me like, what am I talking about? They didn't have Wi-Fi back then. Everything had to be connected by, a, by an actual wire, hardwired. So you'd have to take a wire from your computer and connect it like an Ethernet cable, if people know what an Ethernet cable is, another E, you took the Ethernet cable and you take it from your laptop at the time because they had that button, they don't have those anymore, or your desktop, and you would key it in to like where your telephone line is to get your modem to work. And back then, they didn't even have, they had routers, 
but not on the same level that they do today. And my desktop came with a modem, a telephone modem, that was connected to the telephone line. So for me to go online, I actually had to connect to the telephone line. As one can imagine, people would be calling me up and then hear, what's going on here? It was quite a thing back then. Then, you know, if you live with somebody else, sometimes somebody pick up the phone because back then, believe it or not, I know this, this really sounds ancient, but probably at that time, 98% of people actually had a landline. You know, nowadays, what? I haven't had a landline in 12 years. <laughs> yeah, remember those days you pick up the telephone? Well, you know, if you pick up the phone and somebody else is on the phone, you can hear what they're saying. It's like, you know, roommate, put the phone down. Mom, put the phone down. Brothers, put the phone down. They had all those things you had to do. And you could actually disconnect the phone call. And on top of that, we had the modem. Well, the modem, you know, if you're connected to the Internet through a modem, A, tremendously slower. I think it was 56,000 kilobytes, okay? Now we're talking about terabytes. So to do the math of terabytes, you have, I think, and actually, Andrew, you might be able to help me out here, but I believe it was like a million or 10 million bits to get to terabyte. Exactly, yeah. What, what you, you have yeah, kilobytes into bytes, which are 1,000, then 1,000 of those, Go into a megabyte, then megabyte into terabyte or gigabyte, and then gigabytes into terabytes. Yeah, so we're talking humongously different times, humongous amount of data that is transmitted back into today. It's just astronomical the amount. I mean, I actually was looking at a photograph from the 1950s, and some IBM had a five megabyte. That's five thousand bytes of data, and it was the machine was like three times the size of a freezer. So one can only imagine. And now, here I am, I have an iPhone 14, the latest model. I have 512 gigabytes on my iPhone that fits my palm of my hand. I mean, the data explosion has just been incredible over these last 27 years. But getting back to this first business, because I don't know, at the rate we're going. Yeah, right now, please. I was like, we, are we talking technology? We, are we talking entrepreneurship? I'm like, dang. Well, we may not. Well, it was, yes, but it is entrepreneurship. Why? We had different systems, different things to use. You couldn't just call up, go online, and get a WordPress site done in 10 minutes. You had to actually hire a programmer, find the programmer, and have it custom made. That was one thing. Two, without Google, you couldn't go to Google AdWords. There were Facebook. <laughs> Facebook, come on. Nobody knew what a social media was, so to advertise and market, how would you do it? Well, we actually did print, you know, those are the things where back in the old days you could buy a newspaper or a magazine. We would print, go to Entrepreneur Magazine and Inc. Magazine to try to advertise to find entrepreneurs. We would do direct mail pieces by postcard to try to find people. And more recently, AML and Yahoo were offering some advertising on the Internet but it still wasn't very, very big, and it was very difficult. And that was actually one of the problems we had as a company was how are we going to reach people, especially people that are going to go online. First of all, not everybody was online. Nowadays, I don't know of too many people uh, that are not online, but back then, not everybody was even online. So even if you had a great product or a service, you didn't even have the same base or database of people to even go online to do that. 
yes, you had email. Yes, you had some limited things online, and it was growing and starting and growing at an exponential perspective. But you couldn't just go on and market today like you can. The advantages of marketing today are astronomical. I mean, you've, you've got Google. You've got, you, you even have forums like Reddit or Quora. You have Facebook, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, all these. None of these things existed. But nowadays, it's a lot easier, I think, to start. There's a lot more competition, but there's a lot more places you can go to try to get the word out. Getting the word out back then, I remember, you know, first you had the caveman with three people saying, calling, ah, and calling Tarzan. And saying, <laughs> So we're not that old. I'm sorry. I've got to draw the line with that. We are not that old. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. When marketing started out, you know, everything was word of mouth. Somebody tells somebody, right? Then you had the newspapers and the radio and the TV, you know, but, you know, when the Internet started, it was not so easy to reach people. And that was a hard, that was one of the reasons why Incorporation Citrus wasn't successful at the time was it was very hard to reach people. And even when you were reaching people, not everybody had an Internet account. So they couldn't just go online and do that. And that's why it took quite a while. So it really, the Internet really didn't start really taking off the way it is now, I think, until 2003. That's when Google came on with a great browser, and they started Google Ads. Uh, Facebook started a year or two thereafter. LinkedIn started around that time. That's to me, is really the modern era of where, and even LegalZoom started around 2003. That's when companies were able to go online and figure out ways to reach the masses. And that was one of the problems we had starting out in corporations, et cetera. We didn't have the same ability to reach people, and it took a lot longer. And in addition to that, the speed of the Internet was so slow. Think about it. How long would it take to load a website back then as compared to today? It took a lot more time and effort, and there were very few people that were well-versed in this. And there weren't. Social media people didn't even exist at this time. It was a whole big problem, and that's why it took so long before the Internet really took off. Um, Companies went into different areas, but that's a really, really big thing. So, Tracy, people said, all right, Peter, we've heard about your first company. Tracy, we want to hear about yours. Well, I have to say, you know, I have been an entrepreneurial junkie probably since, as long as I can remember. In fact, when I was, and I mean, I'm not going to bore you with a huge long history of my whole life, but I think it's important for everyone to know about me that when I was seven, as early as seven, that instead of playing with my friends, like with dolls and playing house and all that kind of stuff, that I actually started my own official first business. It was called Jobs Incorporated, and it was a temporary job placement firm. And I'm almost convinced that I actually created that industry before it ever existed. And I had gone to my dad's office and I had gotten all his like little pink while you're out notepads and file folders and all that kind of stuff. And I made all my friends work for me at Jobs Incorporated and I was the boss. And that was pretty much what set the tone for the rest of my life. (laughs) Well, good thing there weren't any child labor laws back then, but go ahead. Yeah, no kidding. And Jobs Incorporated, I, you know, I, I wish I'd known you back then and I could have gotten it trademarked because, man, that would, we would be having a totally different conversation right now. So that was my first official business that had fake monopoly money. 
But my first real business actually came as an extension out of my radio career. So like you, you've been in the law business for 30-something years, and I've been in the broadcast radio media marketing sales industry for 30-plus years, and a good 20-plus of that I spent in broadcast radio. But I, when I left to start my own business, which was in 2004, I started a business called 3DM Communications. But what's kind of funny about that is that I originally got incorporated as a way to, as a tax deduction, because it was, I was still working for the radio stations at the time, and they added another layer of responsibility for me as a consultant role for another group of stations. And so I needed to be incorporated, and I wanted to think of a name. And I was really involved in the music business at the time. And so we sat around outside of Dixie Chicks concert. And I was mm-hmm. like, I need to get incorporated. And we named it 3DM. And it originally stood for three drink minimum. So that's how seriously I was taking my very first incorporation. <laughs> Little did I know that a year later that I would actually launch 3DM not as 3 Drink Minimum, but as 3DM Consulting. And at that point in time, it's good for three-dimensional for marketing, sales, and communications. And that was my very first official business that I owned and ran. And I was incorporated as 3DM for the next, wow, 15 years. And it went through a lot of different iterations. I started consulting other radio stations in management and sales training. And then I started working with entrepreneurs and helping them launch their businesses as a consultant. And that was an amazing experience. But I was like you, I originally, you know, no internet, no Facebook, no, you know, it was all like word of mouth referrals and relationship building. And we had a fax machine. We did have that. And ultimately I went from, working with radio stations, sales and management teams, working with entrepreneurs, and then that was the catalyst for me to then do Fortune 500 business development strategy. And I worked with a lot of really great companies like Weight Watchers International and Microsoft and British Airways. But it was always in the same alignment of marketing and media strategies. And then when podcasting had its resurgence, thank you, Steve, jobs for putting that podcast app on the iPod, then I realized that podcasting was a great combination of all of my previous years of broadcast radio and business development expertise. And that's when I launched Producer Podcast, which is my current and most favorite business. But the thing that's crazy, and I know you're going to share this too, is that throughout that entire point of time from 2004 until now, I also had multiple side businesses, so two restaurants, a paint party business, like a retreat workshop paint party business. I worked uh, and ran an online organization, in-person and online networking organization for women entrepreneurs. So there's no risk for the weary over here. Well, that's a lot of businesses you got going there. My question is, how do you focus? Well, focus and entrepreneurship um, aren't always synonymous, <laughs> but I think for me, really having good, surrounding myself with a good people and a good team 
in each of these businesses. Like, I am not a chef, but the restaurants that I owned had amazing chefs. I am not an artist, but the business partner that I had in Get Your Muse On, which was the paint party workshop business, art workshop business, I had an amazing business partner who was a fabulous artist, a a fine arts painter. And when I launched Producer Podcast, I collaborated with an engineer that I had worked with um, in some capacity since I very first started working in radio. So really finding the right people with the right expertise, because I'm full of ideas all day long. I'm a visionary, so I can create business concepts all day long. But you also have to find the right people that can help you execute on them. Well, that's actually the area I'd like to go to. I'd like to know, how do you find the right people? Since your first business was looking for temporary people, and all your businesses you had, you weren't an expert in those areas when you started. How do you find the right people? Okay, so for me, I wanted to look at, you know, identifying who is the best in the best of these categories and who's in your immediate network. So if you don't know somebody who is a chef or if you don't know someone who is an artist, then start asking in your immediate network who they might recommend. Or if you visit a restaurant that you really like and you get to know people that work there, or in the case of the art business, I connected with someone who had a very similar business in Los Angeles, and I was living in Georgia at the time. And she helped me understand how the business model worked. And then when I was serious about wanting to open it, then I actually connected with an artist that lived in the same town that I did. And it so happened that she was really interested. She was getting ready to leave her full-time job and was looking for something else to do. So the timing just worked out really, really well. But we should talk about how challenging it can be to have an actual business partner because those can be the best relationships you ever have and they can be the worst relationships you ever have. And getting divorced from your business partner is not something anyone ever wants to go through. That's what I do for a living, business divorces. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you were explaining to our audience how do you find great people to work at your company? I, w- I was talking about that, and I think, you know, talk- looking in your existing network, um, tapping into businesses that you're familiar with, and really just going with a, a gut instinct on finding people that, you know, we all have our own individual strengths and weaknesses, but I think when it comes to finding a business partner or someone to collaborate with, even if it's not in a formal business legal business partner arrangement, I think it's incredibly important to find someone who has like-minded values, is very clear on the same mission, but then also has a skill set that complements yours. If you have the same strengths and the same weaknesses, then it's not going to work out very well because you really need somebody that can balance your strengths and balance your weaknesses. And so I think that's really important. And then the real, like for me, I've had a really amazing business partnership that I couldn't have asked for a better relationship, a legal business partner. And when we decided that uh, she wanted to continue on with the business and I didn't because I wanted to launch Producer Podcast at the time, she bought me out in the paint party business and everything about the relationship was positive from beginning to end. But in another business that I had, I had a, 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 a partnership, and it was just a terrible ending and very emotionally 
just, I was emotionally just like destroyed by the way that partnership ended. And so it made me very hesitant to even want to ever have a legal business partner again because it was just so devastating that in the way that things ended and how I was treated and how things turned out. So, you know, I've got the extreme examples of really positive business partnership relationship and really disastrous business partnership relationship. And I just think that business partnership breakups are probably as difficult, if not more difficult in some ways than an actual divorce. So I don't know. I don't know that I will ever have another legal business partner again, but <laughs> but I do really thrive in revenue share relationships. I thrive in strategic partnerships, collaborations, things like that, because I think it's so important to be able to grow a business that way. So, yeah, that's my take on that. If you did have to find a business partner because you couldn't afford to do it all on your own or time-wise or financially, okay, what qualities would you look for in a business partner? Okay, so there are a lot of qualities I would look for, but then there's one absolute thing I would make sure that I did. <laughs> and one, so the qualities I would look for, again, are someone who is like-minded in their values and their principles and their business philosophies and, and principles that I share. And that's, for me, that's honesty, integrity, that is a focus on the profit, but also on people, and that not everybody who focuses on profit focuses on people, and not everybody that focuses on people focuses on profit. So I think you've got to really have a good balance with that. And I think someone who has a really good business acumen, I would want to be partners with somebody who has run their own business before. I think it would be really challenging at this level of my phase of, of entrepreneurship to be business partners with somebody who's never actually run a business before because as we talk about on this show all the time, entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart and it really, really takes a lot of work uh, and I'd want somebody with that same matched work ethic. And then I think a really strong legal agreement um, because even when you have the best of legal agreements when the partnership dissolves, that's still problematic. But if you have a really good kind of prenup, if you will, then a lot of those challenges can be avoided. And uh, so if I did a business partnership again, I would make sure it was somebody that I connected with on all those other levels and had a really strong legal business partnership agreement with. So, Tracy, if people want to listen to this show or any other version of Ask Brian Radio, how can I get to, to do that? I'm so glad you asked because it. It allows me to talk about my favorite thing, which is podcasting. So Ask Brian has his very own podcast. I know, shocker, right? But uh, the Ask Brian podcast is a essentially a replay of all of our episodes. And we, as you pointed out at the beginning, we've had some amazing founders, some amazing resources on the podcast. And so what you want to do is you want to go to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, iHeartMedia. And you want to search for Ask Brian, that's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, the Ask Brian podcast. And then you want to download it, you want to follow it, you want to share it with all your friends. You want to basically, you can have, you download all those episodes. You've got your business plan if you're thinking about starting up a business. So you want to check out the Ask Brian, B-R-I-E-N podcast. And... Peter, since we're the guests, we've never done this before. But if people want to reach out to us to talk more about entrepreneurship or podcasting or legal or legal trademarks, 
what is the best way for people to get in touch with you to continue this amazing conversation? Well, since this is a public broadcast, I'm going to tell people that they can contact me at CEO at AskBrian.com. And everybody knows how to spell Brian now, so, but in case you forgot, <laughs> <laughs> it's CEO at A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N.com. Absolutely. And if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do that is to go to ProduceYourPodcast.com. And once you get to ProduceYourPodcast.com, there are links for you to schedule a call with me or there's even a really fun icon where you can click on if you want me to call you and you send me your number and I will call you. So I'm not, I'm not putting my phone number out on the air for people to call me. If you want me to call you, you got to go to ProduceYourPodcast.com. I thought it was 867-5309, Jenny. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, the 80s call, they want their song back, no. <laughs> you were talking earlier about partnerships and, and relationships, and you know what? The most important part of any relationship, and this applies to a personal relationship, no, not your personal coach, but it applies to any type of relationship you have, even a friend to a certain extent, but more specifically in business. It all comes down to trust. T-R-U-S-T. If you can't have trust, you really can't have a business relationship or even, I hate to say it, a personal relationship. If you can't trust who, you, who you're who with, it's just not going to work. Why? Because you don't have that basic premise that what you say matters. Or what you say is going to be followed through. Then you really can't, can't go further. It's a lot worse to actually could be a lot worse on either side. But in business, if you don't have trust, people can steal. People can spend your money. People can get involved in things that you're not involved in. So while principles and values are extremely important and probably just as important as trust, if you don't have trust, nothing else really matters. Whether you're in business or just a friend or your husband or wife or significant other, you can't have anything in life without T-R-U-S-T. That would be my advice to everybody. Thank you for listening to the s Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.